Welcome to Your Living Life Legacy Matters, powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative. My name is Carville Jones. I'm the executive to the chair, and it's a pleasure for me to welcome you to a additional episode, an extended episode of a very uh, important topic that we want to share with you doing this month of women's history uh, doing this month of celebrating uh, history uh, and the women's impact on history I was uh, told by my uh, fellow uh, associate that history is what happened yesterday and I, I never really thought of that but it is true and so in this particular uh, episode which is a ex extension of a first episode I want to share with you that the individual I want to introduce you to, we're going to have to post her bio for you and, and, and her accomplishments because they're a, a little long to mention, but certainly meaningful on our website, myfbic.com. You'll be able to see and enjoy just a, a life when we talk about your living life legacy matters. We really want to share with you that as it matters to the point where we all want to uh, uh, want you to know that you can have an, a life well lived. And to do that, we want to make sure that you main, remain healthy. And so we want to dedicate this particular month, not just to a history of women's accomplishments, but in concert with that, the whole health and wellness of us. Because in my family, us having a six kids. Uh, my mom and dad uh, basically had a large family and uh, large families were basically what was uh, pretty common coming out of Alabama. And so the health czar in our family was in fact my mother. My mother took care of us all. And so doing this uh, history month, I certainly recognize my mother, Peggy Jones, and I recognize the fine work that she did with her six siblings or six kids, if you would. They were my siblings. But, uh, you know, talking about staying on top of our health, she did a great job. And so uh, she also enjoyed uh, sharing with us her uh, time with uh, Barbara Jordan uh, and also uh, Shirley Chisholm. These are uh, political figures during her day that uh, were really women that she admired. And so on behalf of my memory of my mother, I want to uh, shout out to that particular uh, whole mindset of being the first uh, in every form of fashion in terms of breaking through. And as our um, guest I'm going to introduce you to right now, share with us Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, doing uh, a Women's History Month and how uh, in her term when we talk about um, uh, the glass ceiling, she, ceiling that was being broken by various women in certain areas. She said that she doesn't remember it being a glass. It was more like marble. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me share with you our treasured guest here, uh, Dr. Jean Wright. Well, thank you so much, Carvel. Thank you. And I, it's, a, it's a total honor for me to be here today. Thank you. Just a total honor. You know, I don't know where to start, Dr. Jean. I mean, you have so many accomplishments. Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, prevention. In our first episode, you shared with us the um, sad reality of the dialysis centers and how they have popped up like McDonald's, even more so than McDonald's, like popcorn in neighborhoods. And certainly those neighborhoods would be the neighborhoods who were underserved or there would be uh, the uh, 
the black and brown, you know, Absolutely. if you would, uh, areas. And so you have these people that are going uh, three times a week uh, on dialysis because they've gotten into a situation where their uh, kidney just can't process uh, the uh, types of things that go into the body. Uh, so I guess they could uh, get a kidney transplant. That would be the ultimate blessing to be transplanted, to have a kidney transplant. Okay. Now the situation with African Americans is that we have the greatest need for transplants, but we don't like to donate organs. Um. We don't like to donate. There's so much, there's so, so many myths out there that, that are alive and well, that we will not donate the way that other cultures, cult, cultures will. And so we have a great need and we have few organs and uh, it's just, that's the way that it is right now. And community health education is key. It is key in this area here. So we want for people to know that. I mean, you, you look at um, a person who will say, well, God says that I, I can't have any organs less than I came with. I'm gonna need these organs when I, when I die, I should have the same organs as I came with. When my body goes in the ground, all the organs should be there. And I would never be one to criticize a person's belief or attitude, but we would want for a person to know that you have an opportunity to help someone now. Yes. Would God want, is that what God would want? Yes. You know, you know uh, we always like to uh, say that we shouldn't talk about uh, religion. You know, that that would be a taboo topic, uh, especially when you meet someone. But mm -hmm. I would want our uh, audience to just do us a favor right now and, and allow us to share with you some facts. And uh, my grandson, Jaden, always told me uh, when I would ask him how he knew so much, he would share with me he had three favorite friends that he liked to uh, play with every day. And it was called Google. Alexa, Syria, okay, and so sometimes facts are things that we should just swallow, you know, we, we should take the facts and then maybe meditate on them a little bit. Absolutely. So even though they're not um, pleasant sometimes, such as um, being a donor of yes. your, uh, you know, organs, uh, if something does happen to you and you uh, should fall in, uh, you know, life, um, Let's think about that a little bit. Now, obviously, in my faith, I know certainly from reading the Bible that God does not say uh, don't donate your organs uh, <laughs> and that that's a, a, something, some way a bad thing to do. Uh, we certainly believe, at least in, in my family, that that's a good thing to do. Yes. But I did not think about that. That Think about this. If it's running rampant in the communities uh, that are underserved or in the black and brown communities, if you would, they probably should know that it's a good idea to donate your organs. You may be able to save a life if something happens to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the message that we have to get out there, that um, it, it's so important for, for us to share. Yeah. And you can live with one kidney. People are born with one kidney and they're doing just fine. They're athletes, 
doing just fine. Is that <laughs> this really is awareness month? I'm telling you, for this dialysis, can you share with us in the community? Because I noticed when I was going over some of the research uh, that my uh, admin gave me on you and the fine work you're doing uh, during the pandemic. What a blessing to have a virtual, if you would, a virtual exchange of information, so a person doesn't have to actually come face to face. They virtually can uh, be more aware of dialysis. Definitely, definitely, and that's one of the things that we like to provide for people. And um, I mentioned the young lady whose whose functioning kidney functioning was at twenty one percent. Well, she was she she was devastated, of course, because she had to go on dialysis. And what we blessed enough to do for her was to partner her with someone who has been there, someone who has walked that walk, and that's what we do. What I do is to certify peer mentors, and I certify them using the manual that is authored by the same person who authored the manual for the National Kidney Foundation. We're very proud of that. Okay. And so we certify them as peer mentors, and, and she and, and the mentor are now walking together so that she can understand that now that you are on dialysis, you are automatically classified as disabled. And now that you're on dialysis, you automatically qualify for Medicaid. They're going to pay for your dialysis treatments. You're going to get SSI and, and things that people just don't know. Okay. And, and so we, we, we're pretty proud of the fact that we can help them in that sense. And, and she didn't have to leave her house. She didn't have to leave her house. But now she has an understanding as to how she can pursue, can move along on this, on, in this uh on this new life that she has. Okay, now when you say she did not have to leave her house, are you implying that the dialysis came to her? No, no, no. I'm, I'm speaking in terms of raising her quality of life uh, through communication and and uh, and through uh, information, communication resource information. Okay. And that's exactly what we do. That's exactly one of the things that we do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk a little bit about uh, prevention. Yeah. Uh, can you share some things that a person should be uh, aware of in terms of prevention? Prevention. Yeah. And and let's let's start. Let me paint the picture here. You have a room of sixty people. Okay. Sixty and people. And, and and you're speaking to them, and you are, you know, just talking about what goes on in the community with your life, and you know, this is your health, and so, and you ask the question, well, raise your hand if you have dialysis. Well, half of them are going to raise their hand. Okay. Now, hands down. Raise your hand. Not dialysis, but um, Diabetes. Diabetes. Now, okay. raise your hand if you have um, high blood pressure. Well, again, half of them. Are, now, raise your hand if you have both. And again, half of them are going to raise their hands. And what I'm saying here is that diabetes and uh, high blood pressure together are murder on the kidneys. One is murder by itself, diabetes. High blood pressure is murder again. Together, devastating to the kidneys. So what we want to do, and both of these are what we call Fork diseases. Fork. Yes. Because it's all about what you're putting in your oh, mouth. Oh, I see. It's, it's what you're putting on the fork, on the spoon, in the glass. Okay. Fork diseases. And what we want to do in the area of prevention is to take a little away and add a little. Take a little away and add a little. A little away and add a little until your diet is such that your body is now able to maintain better health. And that, I know I'm, I'm putting to it a whole lot in, in, you know, we don't have all day, but 
Well, that's the recipe. Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't take long <laughs> to tell a person <laughs> about the fork disease, yes. okay? Please be careful what you put on your fork. Be careful what you put in your mouth. And be careful what you put in your glass and what you drink. Absolutely. That is prevention. That's prevention right there. Yes. That's prevention for us. And I, I mean, you know, uh, medications can kill the kidneys and injury, of course. You know, COVID has done a devastating job on the kidneys. So, um, but when it comes to prevention, you want to be careful that you're doing the same, the very same things that you would do if you had heart disease or okay. if you had cancer or if you had anything that you wanted to recover from. You will be doing the same, the very same thing, exercise, getting your rest, you know, your mental state, your spiritual, spiritual state. You want to do those very same things in order to prevent kidney disease from coming upon you. You know, what comes to mind is that when we talk about prescriptions and we talk about the use of um, prescription drugs, yes. a lot of times it's not mentioned and it's not brought to a person's uh, really attention that over-the-counter drugs uh, are very hard on the kidney as well. So when we talk about things that people purchase to help them sleep, to mm -hmm. purchase to help them um, with their interdigestion or di digestive issues, they purchase uh, uh, with uh, an intent of addressing a headache even. Yes. Uh, those are actual things that they can put in their body that tax their kidney as well. Is that absolutely. true? Absolutely. Yes. And, and we have to be very careful. We have to look more towards therapies that are non-invasive towards the body. Uh, it, our, our ancestors, more or less, you could say, and, and generations before had remedies. And you and I both know that great grandma would go out into the yard and yes. she would get this herb and she would say, come on, honey, you're here. Let me make you a tea. And she would, she would do that for us, and we want to look more towards natural remedies that can help us with the things that we are dealing with than the pharmaceuticals. And so would you say that's uh, probably a good idea to do that sooner than, than later in life? Oh, absolutely. It's a good idea to make a practice of that as soon as possible. Yeah, because a lot of, uh, of us really want that instant gratification, mm -hmm. and I think that may be a reason that we go to that over-the-counter, if you would, drug, it's is so that it's true. a little bit more fast-acting and then that we have a chance to be introduced or reintroduced mm -hmm. to grandma or mom's, uh, you know, insistence that we take herbs or we take some type of a holistic approach to managing our, our wellness. That's something that's not instant. It basically works over a period of time. Is that true? That's very true. That's very true. Very true. And then uh, another kind of tip is that, well, we know that the pharmacist has studied medicine much, much longer than the medical doctor. When you go to the pharmacy, you, you say to the pharmacist, okay, this is my prescription. Is there an alternative? Is there a natural alternative that can help me to uh, achieve the same result. Okay. And and those pharmacists, they you know they they're pretty, they they know what they're talking about, and it's not illegal for them or uh, an infraction on ethics for them to say you know, you could do this, you could try this, and you can have this both you know, but you can give this a try. 
Well, there we go. Uh, another a tip, which I did not really know, that we should probably utilize uh, the pharmacists who is in our neighborhood and ask them whenever we get a prescription, is there something that really uh, we can take that's a little bit more friendly as it relates to our particular liver. Now, I want to share with you guys that it's been a pleasure having you uh, in our audience and obviously having you fellowship with Dr. Gene Wright. I want to let you know that we will have on our website, myfbci.com, uh, a number of pieces of information that you can perhaps download even with the special month of dialysis awareness that will provide you additional information. At this particular time, as we wrap things up, we want to ask Dr. Jean uh, if she could share with us uh, another one of her woman heroes during this um, Woman's uh, History Month. Dr. Jean? Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice, that's right, yes. And, and I don't know if many people know that she was an only child. She was an only child, and you would think that she may have been spoiled. Mm -hmm. But no, her family had so much structure. You're going to ballet, ballet lessons, mm -hmm. you're going to take French, okay. <laughs> and you're going to take piano lessons. And she actually did want to be a, a, uh, uh, a classical pianist. That was her goal in life until she got into the mix with people who were in politics. Uh, Madeleine Albright's father, for one, okay. got her into the arena that she finally wound up in. But Condoleezza Rice, her watchwords are integrity, humility, and, and uh, consistency. Now, you can have humility, but if you don't have I mean, integrity with that, you're not going far. And you can have uh, uh, consistency, but if you don't have integrity with that, you're not going very far. Right. Integrity, <laughs> humility, and consistency. She tells the tale about her father when her father went to vote. And he, Jim Crow, uh, Alabama. Alabama. He, he went to vote, and he was going to be um, registered. And the guy said, okay, now how many, how many beans are in this jar? The father looked at the beans and said, well, uh, and he gave a guess. You know, it was his best guess. He said, well, I'm sorry, I can't register you. And so he went on his way, and he was stopped by the church on the way back. And then he said, well, well, he met one of the elders, and he told him what happened. He said, man, I can't vote. And he said, well, what you do, now there's a lady over there at the polls, and she's the only female there. She's Republican. So when you go back, you, you see her, make sure you get in her line, get in her line. So he went and got in her line, and she's, okay, what's your name? Okay, Mr. Johnson, okay, okay, okay. And he was registered. The point here is that there's more to voting, she says, to Condoleezza Rice says, and more to voting than just going and, and you know, checking off voting. You have to get into it. You have to know the whole arena, know the people, know the process. No, don't you, you, there's more to it <laughs> than just voting. Wow. Yeah. And then she says, well, now, um, if someone is sitting next to you and they don't want to sit next to you because of your skin color, that's fine. So no big deal as long as they are the one who moves. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jean, for sharing that with us. On behalf of the uh, chair, uh, Dr. Pastor William Reveille, on behalf of our uh, CEO and chair, Gregory Garland, uh, my name's Carvel Jones, and I'm very, very, very pleased to have had this opportunity to share with you uh, information about Dialysis Awareness Month this March. Uh, we have learned so much from Dr. Jean, and you'll get more information as you look at our particular website, myfbca.com.
time to fellowship.